this is the time of year that many people decide to make big changes in their lives. They resolve to eat healthily, to exercise more, to achieve that perfect weight, uh, sort out their finances, give up alcohol, spend more time with friends and family. And while some people are successful in making those uh, changes and keeping those resolutions, surveys repeatedly show that most people don't. In fact, by February, about 80% of people have failed to keep their resolutions. And as followers of Jesus, I think we can share in that struggle and that sense of disappointment. Because we want to be more like Jesus. We want to know more of God's Word. We want to serve Him more effectively, to live for Him more committedly. But so often we just get discouraged by just how far away that destination feels. And sometimes we might feel like giving up. So instead of setting big goals this morning, I want us to commit to the process. To dedicate ourselves to the journey. I want us to resolve to grow this morning. This is something that Peter encouraged us to do at the end of his second letter. So we're just going to read 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. Just one verse, but if you want to have a, have a turn to it in your Bible... Uh, so, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18, and we'll just read it now. It says this, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To Him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. <coughs> Standing still in our Christian lives is just not possible. If we aim to just survive in our spiritual lives, just to stay the same, just to hold on to what we already have, then we're going to find out that instead, we're going to start slipping backwards. If you've ever been to Dublin Airport, then you've probably had one of those long walks uh, from the kind of destination lounge or the, uh, the, the leaving departure lounge to the, the gate where you get the plane especially if you're on Ryanair, they seem to always be right at the end of the walks. And, but to help you get through that, they've installed these travelators. And you just stand there, and it's great because it just carries you along to your destination. Well, I think that living for Christ is like walking one of those, but in the opposite direction. And as soon as you stand still, you end up automatically moving backwards. If you're not actively moving towards Christ, then we're actually drifting away from Him. And so Peter, he doesn't want us to just stand still in our Christian lives. Instead, he urges us to grow. Now, when we're young, we physically grow rapidly. Then we get to that certain age when growth stops and we kind of plateau in our growth. And then eventually we start to deteriorate. And maybe some of us have have experienced a little bit of that uh, in our lives. That's the physical life. It's a, a growth spurt, a plateau, and then a little bit of a decline. But in our Christian lives, God's plan is different. 
Listen to what Psalm 92 says. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. God's plan for our Christian lives is not a period of growth and then a slow and steady decline. Instead, it is that we'll continue to grow and bear fruit right throughout our whole lives. And so we should never stop growing and developing and learning. We never graduate from being a disciple of Jesus. This was Paul's attitude. He said this in Philippians chapter 3, Not that I have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ Jesus called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. None of us have arrived yet. None of us are complete yet. None of us are at the end of that process. However long we've been following Jesus, God wants us to move forward. He wants us to go deeper. He wants us to grow. But in what way? How does God want us to grow? Well, Peter gave us two ways in this verse that we read. Let's look at them. First of all, God wants us to grow in the grace of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. This grace is, of course, what saved us. You know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. The grace of Jesus is seen in his sacrificial uh, gift of himself on the cross. So that we could be saved from the poverty of sin and be brought into the riches of his salvation. And so each of us who have trusted in Jesus, we have been saved by grace. It's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Our salvation is completely undeserved. It's a gift from God. Something that we could never earn or deserve through what we had done or through what we will do. So we are saved by God's grace. But as we move forward, as we go on in the Christian life, sometimes we're tempted to move away from this grace and instead move into a relationship with God that is based on our performance. We can fall into the trap of thinking 
That our achievements, our good living, our behaviour makes us acceptable to God today. This is why Paul wrote to the, the churches in Galatia. He said, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all. In those days, the false gospel that they were turning to was a kind of legalism based on Judaism. They were teaching that in order to to really be right with God, you needed to follow the Jewish religious system as well as trust in Jesus. That faith in Jesus was, just wasn't enough. That you need to do your bit as well as trust that God had done His. For us, it might be slightly different what, what, we, what we are tempted to believe. But whatever form it takes, legalism, that is, basing a relationship on God on certain rules or regulations or our behaviour or achievements, how well we're doing, you know, avoiding certain things in our lives. If we base our relationship with God on that, rather than on the grace of God, that legalism will completely destroy the vitality of our Christian lives. Instead, we need to grow in our appreciation of, our understanding of, our gratitude for the amazing grace of God. To appreciate more that today, this morning, we are fully accepted in Christ. We are fully accepted as part of God's family, as His children. We're completely forgiven. We are completely loved. We are righteous in God's sight. All because of what Jesus has done on the cross. We need to rejoice from the depths of our heart that it's by the grace of God I am what I am. So we need to grow in our appreciation of God's grace. But we also need to grow in our experience of this grace. God's grace in our lives did not finish with our redemption, with our forgiveness. The Christian life doesn't start with what God does for us and then continue with what we do for God. Rather, it starts and continues and ends with God's grace. The famous preacher C.H. Spurgeon told a story once about a person who wanted to give a poor church minister a hundred pounds. That's a lot of money in those days. But he thought it was too much to give all at once. So instead he forwarded five pounds in a letter with the words in the envelope, more to follow. In a few days' time, the man received another letter which contained five pounds. And the same message, and more to follow. A little later came a third, then a fourth letter, and still the same promise, and more to follow. Until the whole amount had been received, the astonished minister became familiar with those words, and more to follow. 
Well, with God's grace, there's always more to follow. From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Or as another translation puts it, from His fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. All through our lives and forever. God's plan is that He will bless us with the gifts of His grace again and again and again. Never earning what we get. Just gratefully receiving God's undeserved and bountiful gifts of His love. So it's God's grace that strengthens us. It's God's grace that guides us. It's God's grace that helps us to live for Him each day. It's God's grace that gives us opportunities to serve Him. And it's His grace that gives us the ability to, 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 uh, to take those opportunities. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. It's God's grace that we need more and more. But as this grace flows to us from God, it shouldn't just stop with us. As we grow in our appreciation of and our experience of God's grace, we should also grow in our expression of God's grace to others. This is what Peter wrote in his first letter. He says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. The ability to minister to others are gifts of His grace. And we share that grace when we use those gifts to bless others, to bless our brothers and sisters in Christ, to help them to grow in their Christian lives, to to use those gifts to reach out to people out in the world and to share the gospel with them. We need to be an expression of God's grace and to grow in that. Of course, we also express God's grace in difficult times with difficult people Jesus said love each other as I have loved you so we share God's grace when we accept others as Christ has accepted us when we forgive others as we've been forgiven when we treat others not according to how they've treated us but how, according to how God has treated us So this year, God wants us to grow in the grace of Christ. To appreciate it more deeply. To experience it more fully. To express it more freely. But secondly, Peter said, grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Not just grow in grace, but grow in knowledge. 
And there's so much, of course, to know about Jesus, isn't there? So many facts about his amazing life, his unlimited love, his radical teaching, his powerful miracles, his atoning death, his his glorious resurrection, his unceasing intercession for us. Jesus is the most important person in this whole world and so it should be our goal to get to know about him more and more. But we need more than that, don't we? We need more than just facts about Jesus. We need also to know Jesus personally in our lives. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's the gift that each one of us have received by faith in Jesus. The gift of being brought into a loving relationship with Jesus. Not just knowing the facts about Jesus, but by knowing Him personally in our lives. And this is a relationship that is so valuable, so precious, that it's more important than anything else in the whole world. This is what Paul believed. He said this in Philippians chapter 3, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I've lost all things. And if we've put our faith in Jesus, then by His grace, our relationship with Him is secure. We can celebrate that He will never leave us. He will never abandon us. Nothing can separate us from His love. And yet, like with any relationship, We can either grow closer in that relationship with Christ or we can drift further apart. So because Paul valued his relationship with Christ so much, his ambition was, I want to know Christ. His goal was to get to know Jesus more. To experience more of his power in his, lo- in his life. To suffer with him. To become more and more like him. He wanted to grow in his relationship with Christ. And that's what God wants for us this year. There's no higher goal, no greater privilege to grow in our relationship with Christ and our friendship with Him and our obedience of Him, our love for Him and our likeness to Him. God wants us to grow in the grace of Christ and He wants us to grow in our knowledge of Christ. How do we do that? How do we grow? Well, the good news is that this is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We are being transformed. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Growth is God's work in our lives. 
That's what He is doing. We can't make it happen, but God is doing this. But we're not supposed to be passive in this process. This is not something we should just sit back and let happen. Peter, as we saw in our verse, gave us a command here to grow. So we need to take responsibility for our growth. Earlier in this letter, in Paul's second letter, he said his divine power has given us everything that we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. God has given us everything we need. By his grace, we have everything that we need to live the life that God has planned for us. But then Peter went on, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge, etc., etc. So God has given everything that, us, everything that we need, but we need to make every effort to grow. A child is born with everything that they need to grow. Growth comes built in to their bodies. But there are conditions that they need in order to grow well. They need to be nourished. They need to be nurtured so they can reach their potential. And it's the same in our Christian lives. As believers, we are not lacking anything. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So we don't need another experience. We don't need a second blessing in order to grow. But we do need to avail of every means that God gives us that helps us and nourishes us and nurtures us so that we can grow. So what are some of those conditions that we need in order to grow in the grace of Christ, in the knowledge of Christ? Well, first of all, we need good food. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. We need to allow God's word to nourish our faith, to deepen our love, to soak into our hearts and our minds and to strengthen our commitment to Christ. We need God's word. We need to feed on it daily. It's God's word that will help us to stand and reject all that false teaching that's out there in the world that can stunt our growth. Peter, in his second letter, writes a lot about that false teaching. One of the purposes of writing that letter was to, was to warn the church against the false teaching. In fact, the verse just before the one we read, it says this, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 17, Be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. Believing in lies will stop us from growing closer to Jesus. It will destabilize us in our walk with Him. So if we're going to grow in our, in our relationship with Jesus this year, we need to make a commitment to read God's Word daily. As Jesus quoted in Matthew chapter 4, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes 
from the mouth of God. Now, I think we all struggle with this. We all struggle with that discipline of daily reading the Bible. So, maybe you want to join us in a reading program that we've started yesterday as we read through Paul's letters and, and the book of Hebrews so that we can encourage each other to keep on reading and to keep on feeding from God's Word. But in our physical lives, we don't just need good food. We also need good exercise. Our muscles need that to help them grow and develop. And it's the same with our spiritual health. If we are going to grow in in the grace and knowledge of Christ, then we need to exercise as well as eat. One of the ways that we exercise is through serving. In fact, in my own experience, I've found that it's through serving that I grow the most. It's when God has kind of pushed me into new areas of service, that's where I've been stretched and that's where I've really grown. So there are so many ways that we can do this too. We can serve in prayer. We can serve in evangelism, in discipleship, in teaching, in caring, in listening, in practical service. And then there are, other, there are many places we can serve. We can serve in the church, or in our workplace, or in our families, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. We can serve online. And the Green News is that we don't just need to kind of try and figure out how we have to serve because God has already designed a specific way for each of us to serve. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So today, maybe a good thing to be asking is God, what good works have you prepared for me to do this year? What have you designed me and created me to do this year? Because God has a plan for you and for me to serve Him. But the exercise of our faith is not just in serving, it's also in suffering. This is what James writes, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We grow through the challenging experiences of our lives. We can see that throughout Scripture, can't we? In the lives of people of faith like Job and Abraham and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Joshua and David and Ruth and, and Daniel and of course Peter himself. They all grew through those really tough times when their, when, their, when their faith was tested. When their trust in God was really stretched. That's when they really grew. And we're also going to face some tough times in the year ahead. We can't avoid that. We can't choose for a year without any challenges. That's not an option. But we can choose how we're going to respond to them. Are we going to see these challenges as evidence that God doesn't love us? Or that He doesn't care about us? 
or that he's kind of lost control of this world or, or our lives? Or are we going to go through those challenges trusting in God's promise that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose? In all things God is working for our good. If we do hold on to that truth then we can push into our faith in God even in the most painful experiences. And if we do that, then we'll see our faith grow. So we need to eat well. We need to exercise well. But we also need help. We need encouragement. We can't do this alone. So we need fellowship with each other. Hebrews 10, 25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. We need people in our lives who will encourage us and help us and spur us on to keep growing. That's more difficult these days in the middle of a pandemic when COVID cases are rising and we're, we're sometimes having to isolate and sometimes having to, to, to be careful who we meet. So we need to be a little bit more creative and a little bit more intentional about maintaining that fellowship, whether it's by with our, face, our, our WhatsApp group or, or just by texting people or phoning people or meeting people outside. Whatever we have to do, we need that connection. We need that encouragement. Even when it's painful, even when it's difficult and, and challenging, we need that fellowship with people. Without fellowship, we'll, we'll not grow. But even more than that, we need the encouragement that comes from fellowship with Christ. We need to make a, a determined effort to spend time with Christ this year. That means we need to set aside specific times each day in prayer. But it also means that we need to intentionally live each day in an attitude of prayer. Paul says, pray continually. Walk each day in the conscious presence of God. Share each moment with him. Talk to him regularly. Just spend the day with him. Even as we go about our everyday lives and go to work and do all the things that we have to do. Do it with Christ. Not without him. So this year, let's not get discouraged that we're so far from the destination of being like Christ. Don't get put off by that destination. Instead, through being careful what we eat, how we exercise, and the encouragement that we receive, let's be committed to the process. The process of growing in our Christian lives. Growing in our appreciation of, our experience of, our expression of the grace of Christ. And growing in our knowledge about and our personal relationship with Christ. And let's do that so that Christ will be glorified in our lives.
both now and forever.